I'm back. This is KG and the Fifth World Wildcat doing podcast number three. How you doing, sir? Just finding you this after this morning, rather midday. All right. Uh, what's on your brain to uh, share with the listeners? Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, one, uh, this weekend uh, we witnessed. Well, of course. Well, let's back up. I guess we should. Do you want to start with, with you know start with proper protocol and say that I'm KG of the Houston Round Bar Review website is www.houstonroundbarreview.com. I'm on Twitter at the HR Review. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Fan Page with Houston Round Bar Review. Over the weekend, I created a channel on YouTube, Houston Round Bar. I'll post some videos on that. So, we're all over the place now. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Check it out. Tell about about yourself, sir. This is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. I am part of the uh, KAP Productions crew. Uh, we uh, uh, produce concerts. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. A monthly news magazine. Uh, an online uh, addition to the uh, uh, print. I am. Uh, Byline, go by the byline of the College Sports Reporter. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook. I do have a uh, blog. It is AKSV, the CSR. Uh, Twitter at AKSV, the CSR. And we'll, do you want to start with uh, the announcement of Yao, and then we go into the weekend? Uh, well, technically, according to uh, his agent, his American agent, Yao has not announced anything. He'll announce something on July 20th. Uh, because, you know, I got the phone call Friday. <laughs> While we were in the gym. And in the gym, you know, that it was on the Internet. Yahoo Sports reported it, wrote the story. So I didn't read that article, but uh, apparently, reportedly, Yao Ming is going to retire. Um, officially, I guess, now to be on July 20th. So it come out of, out of his mouth directly. So, um, you know, it's, it's a big blow to uh, China, China basketball. It's a big blow to Les Alexander's wallet. I'm sure he's hitting a tier or two. And I, I, I guess we can start talking about that. I'm, I'm curious to see how many of his uh, business connections, the Chinese sponsors that he's developed, uh, the, the ad and sponsorship that he's got in Florida Center, how long those deals last, or if they are all continue on the yard being a racket. So if John retires, what's going to happen with all that? It'll be interesting. I know um, one of the major hits here in town will be the hotel industry, uh, especially the Hilton Americas, which is located right next to the, to the uh, Toyota Center, because there are always tours during the season with uh, folks coming back and forth uh, to here to the states and and incorporating a uh, basketball game during that tour, and they come by. So that's money that uh, will be um, extended money, as they call it, that'll be involved, and we don't know how that will be affected. And, excuse me, just um, so everyone listening knows, uh, we've already given two plugs to uh, folks. You said a hotel name. I said the place where the rock is playing. Neither one of them put money in our pockets directly. But uh, as a side note, in all seriousness, 
I think the more we do these podcasts and uh, the better we, we get at it, I think we uh, will get to the point where if anyone, if a company or business is willing to, uh, is interested in sponsoring the podcast, you know, we can feel free to contact either one of us and um, with more information, we'd be more than happy to accommodate and work with you as a sponsor or two of the podcast because um, they are, they will be posted on the website and the internet, so I think it'd be beneficial for you in your business as well as uh, myself and the Fifth Wildcat. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about the. Um, I read some articles this morning about that to be a real big blow to China basketball. I mean, I saw a few people in China already commenting with y'all retiring. What's the point of me watching the NBA? So, if more fans take that viewpoint, then that's millions, if not billions, of folks who may not watch the NBA basketball because Young makes no longer part of it. So, that's a big blow to Commissioner Stern and his uh, ego and monetary pot and all that. But, of course, in order for fans to not watch the NBA, there have to be NBA games going on to not watch. And right now, they're going to miss the lockout and since July 1st. Um, and I'm not happy about that. And there are, I read two different tweets on Twitter this morning from the reporters I, I respect. One said that uh, he talked to some NBA people over the weekend, did not hear good news on, on either side, on the owner side or the player side. Um, they haven't scheduled any new discussions and meetings. The uh, disparity in finances, the gap is still huge. And then another person, a reporter, cited that because the $1.5 billion in uh, TV money, that the owners will not say no to that money simply because of $300 million of reported losses. Um, so he believes that there will be some games that's played at some point during this season. So I was back to back tweets I had on my, my Twitter timeline. So I had two different viewpoints, you know, in this matter of moments. So as a fan and as a reporter of the NBA, I do hope that there will be games this season. I'm still not convinced that that's going to happen. Uh, but I will accept a shortened season better than no season. What say you? Well, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm just looking at it as a uh, conscientious uh, observer, basically because uh, at some point, greed will go by the wayside and everybody will step to the table and say, okay, what do we need to do as a unit, as an organization, and get this done? You know, because at some point, because no product is being put out on the floor, the networks will become involved and say, with no product, why should we we be writing a check for you all to uh, get paid? That's when I think a decision will be made. Now, from what I found out this weekend, November 14th really is a red letter day for everyone in the league because that's the first day for deposits. And when that day passes, and you and I both know these guys do not, you know, set up uh, finances other than during the season. So then November 15th day shows up. Somebody will be out looking for a loan. And let's talk about uh, Dan Williams' decision to uh, sign 
I guess he'll officially sign a contract this week with uh, this kept us in Turkey. I'm not sure if I'm not the team's name right, but the team in Turkey, uh, $5 million reportedly for the contract. He does have the option, apparently, to lock out Ian to resolve it, to come back to the NBA. What are, what are your, your your gut reaction? Do you think it's a mistake? Do you think it's open up the floodgates for all the NBA players, all the specific NBA stars, to sign overseas contracts? Or do you just think it's a one, he's just a one star doing that be it? Three things. Uh, two that step uh, that uh, jump out there at you, what you just mentioned. Uh, the announcement of that contract being uh, being uh, done this week between a team from Turkey and Darren Williams. And then the other is getting the okay once the doors open up for him to come back without him having to sit and wait and go through paperwork and all to get released. That will be a, that will most likely be the key for the other guys going over because in order for teams to invite, let's say, so they say, uh, a contact, those two things, situations will have to be resolved. There has to be a guaranteed contract. That means the other teams in that league, in that particular league, have gotten okay and said, look, we're going to get together and find a way to make money for all of us and have packed arenas. And number two, we'll have to guarantee these guys can leave and go back to the States once the doors are open. Number three, you mentioned about stars. Whether those guys decide they don't want to just sit around and play pickup games all day. They may decide to go and play somewhere. But you and I both know because it was mentioned, well, it was mentioned in the conversation this weekend. They do more practice than they do games. Sure. So it'll have to be somebody that's looking for, to stay in shape, put forth some effort, and looking at his situation down the road. Now, the team that Darren is, has signed with, well, we'll sign, but this, they're not even part of the Euroleague. league. They're not part of the upper, di- upper division, top quality, good competition basketball for him. So in his instance, he's, he's, you know, his family, his wife and children are going with him in August, in August or start of September. But the competition isn't great, so I, I don't see, besides monetary value and staying in shape, I think he, he'll get bored quickly if the competition is so poor. So I don't think that's a great ideal situation for him. I've heard Kobe Bryant, you know, folks talk about him possibly playing in China uh, because he's big over in China. But beyond that, you know, the lesser-known guys may go, but if all the stars go, or I'm going to say five stars go, they're going to take all the money. They're going to get the most of the money because of who they are, because of the global recognition they have. So they will take up the mid-level guys, lesser-known guys, and stop them from going. The stars are going to get taken care of. No matter what. No matter what, NBA, overseas, what have you. But the, mid- the mid-level guys, mid-salary guys, those guys will be the ones who will crush. Stephen A. Smith blasted Darren's decision as being selfish, saying that the NBA owners are happy because it shows that there's already a fracture in the union because a star player like Dan Williams deciding to go overseas and get his and not worry about anybody else. I'm not sure if I agree with that viewpoint of it. I think I'm more along the lines of if players like if star players like Dan Williams go overseas, it hurts the owners' side because 
the star players have a does outlet to play and still get paid. That's my viewpoint on it. So I don't really agree with Stephen A. in that sense. I mean, clearly Dan can pay himself, but I hope that uh, I have a cynical viewpoint that Dan is doing this to show the owners, aha, you think you got us, you got the players behind eight ball? Well, we have not, we have no way to go uh, to, to earn a living without you. So, you know, let's get back to the negotiating table. Let's get a deal done where everybody's happy. We can play ball in the United States, play in the NBA, and make money and grow the pie and grow the game that way. How about that? Well, maybe, but at some point the pie has has to be redistributed. Uh, amongst, um, I'm not saying uh, so much about the players, but toward the owners, because they are based on what it boils down to, and we've talked about this before, and it still falls to this. They had made a, and the owners made a bad deal amongst themselves the last time around. Now, if they've made the decision that they refuse to sign any agreement that will allow the new owners that have come into the league to get some some sort of uh, profit out of this out of this new contract, we may be without a season altogether. And I still fall back to what I said earlier. I just do not believe that the majority of these guys will sit around and be satisfied with just playing pickup games. So you you think the players will crack first? Yeah. I, I, I do. Basically because... Because we love pay Check the check. Check, yeah. And <laughs> you had the conversation in the gym this weekend. You know, the ones that are... Especially the ones that are married. You know, with all these... these the, the ones who have women in their lives. <laughs> Okay, I'll go with that. <laughs> we're, we're babies all over the place, you know. Let's just be honest. That's what that's what happened. But at the end of the day, bills got to be paid, and we are seeing too often that everybody in the family is dependent on that one check. You know, three or four different houses, bunch of jewelry, bunch of cars, bunch of friends, relatives. And so it all boils down to, and I think that's what that's what is going to happen. November fifteenth is going to be the day, that week. Well, I, I, I'll I'll back off on that. I'll say the first of November because that's when everybody will panic because they'll know nothing will be coming in two weeks. But are you saying so? Do you believe that there will not be any talks or discussion between the two sides? Two sides between now and then? No, there'll be discussions, but there won't be um, good discussions. There'll be a lot of hollering and screaming. There'll be any substantive discussions. So, like majority of negotiations that apparently go on in America, maybe even globally, where without a deadline, without any, without a hint of one side or the other losing something nothing going to get done until that happens right alright well that's you know you might be probably right I think that's garbage to, for the mindset that we seem to have <clears throat> but uh, you know what a until they make the they haven't sat down yet and said they had gotten close it's basically been a lot of posturing oh, you know, yeah. you know I mean NFL and see uh, I know listeners if you hear those wonderful tones that's uh they say this is how we do it here so you know things as well we keep up with the punches but 
I think small revenue owners are going to have problems with larger revenue owners. That's got to be hammered out. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to be resolved, but it needs to be resolved, in my opinion, before or along with the discussions between the owners and the players. And David Stern doesn't agree with me, nor because the players' side, the revenue sharing plan needs to be part of the discussions. The owners don't uh, feel that way. The owners believe that they need to have a, an agreement in place before they can go ahead and have revenue sharing. I, I, I just, you know, we agree disagree on that one. You know, my basic premise, David Stern's basic premise is they want to guarantee all the owners profits. That's un-American. I mean, I think everybody would love to be guaranteed, have a business and be guaranteed profits. But as an owner, it's up to you to generate revenue and minimize expenses in order to make a profit. I you mean, just going in, okay, well, I know I've got a profit. That's, that's not how American enterprise works. Nope. So, you know, NBA owners, it's a 30 teams, 30 owners, you know, it's a limited group of people. But the whole premise the owners apparently have is to guarantee profits and players, this is how it's going to be, take it or leave it. That, that that's not going to work. That's not going to get things done. So until the, unless the owners get off of that initial point, it's going to be a long time before an agreement is reached. In November, maybe right. We you know what the players start missing checks. That could be the impetus to get things going. Oh, it didn't take that long. I want uh, basketball uh, to start on time. You know, I want training camp starting in October, late September, what have you. I want to see it start on a preseason game. I want the whole bit because it's part of what I do with the Houston Bar View. I need the NBA to generate interest uh, and spark my interest as well. But uh, we touched on it a few times about being in the gym over the weekend, so let's everybody know where we were this past few days. We were at uh, Cypress Springs out in the uh, uh, South area uh, watching um, t- uh, high school potential t- talent that's that's looking to girls, girls looking to move to the next level, uh, whether from JUCO all the way to Division One. Uh, quite a few coaches in the stands, but. Uh, over two days that we were in the gym, Friday and Saturday, there was a lot of talent, but there was no like, nobody that actually stood out as an overall number one um, that we saw that would be on the horizon within, what, two years? Well, well I disagree with that. Uh, start, I mean, I've seen a play enough times now. I mean, the best player, well, the best team is the Sci-Fair Premier White team. And that's the way I looked at it. You know, and that team is so balanced that there may not be a, a, a superstar, but there is one young lady on that team who stands out above the rest. She's a class of uh, 2014 kid named Britt McCarty. And uh, she played at Clear Springs High School, and she's going to be a sophomore. Uh, she's a 5-5 point guard, but uh, the organizer of the event, Mr. Cedric O'Fleur, told us in an interview, at the end of the interview, that uh, legendary college coach Pat Summit raised about Bob McCarty's maturity level of being at such a young age for a point guard. So you can see the interview on YouTube, it's on the website, everything like that. <coughs> but aside from the premiere, my team is probably the top team overall. Some, most of the coaches that we spoke to agree with that assessment. 
saw one of the South Cedric's tweet. There were 39 college coaches or co- colleges represented at the uh, came to watch the event. It was the ninth annual Cypher Classic. Um, and I think we can say uh, local schools were represented, represented very well. We saw Houston coaches. We saw a coach from Rice. We saw TSU, Texas Southern, that is, um, Prairie View, and Houston Baptist. We're all in the gyms watching the talent, looking at potential uh, players for, for their respective programs. We saw national champion Gary Blair of Texas A&M in the, in the building as well, doing what he does, watching talent being seen and, and promoting again, women's basketball. And I, we both of you and I commend him for the, the job he does promoting women's basketball. And um, he, he is a, a special gentleman because he always takes time to promote the game of women's basketball. And you know it's interesting when you have a resources that he has available to him at A&M, but for whatever reason, the marketing department refuses to help him. Now, mind you, he does a great job on his own, but that pulls him. He has a great staff to get that done, you know, in the practice and in-game situations, but if you have a marketing department that's worth their salt, somebody should be working a little bit harder than the head coach. On the high school level, I would see, I could see that and understand that. But you're talking about a premier Division One BCS school program, and the marketing department is not helping. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. We're about the midpoint of July, but uh, you're about to uh, tr- do some traveling. Yeah. So uh, where, you, where you headed, sir? All right. Um, first time, uh, <coughs> the first day out of the uh, first uh, football media day is scheduled for me, rather, is uh, the Big 12 uh, in Dallas, Texas, at the uh, for media day, 25th and 26th. Uh, that's a Monday and a Tuesday. And then from there, I leave uh, DFW to Vegas for the Black Football Media Day, which is 27th and 28th. I'm back in town, um, and then I'm scheduled to go to Memphis for the uh, 31st of uh, July for Conference USA. And right now, uh, U of H has picked amongst the, uh, uh, quite a few, pro, uh, I'd say, outlets, media outlets that do uh, have a great season. Most uh, to push for the uh, conference championship this year, uh, and to uh, you know, damn the media outlets. What do you say, Rocket? What do you say about your venture potential for this year? You know what? Uh, the fact that they've got uh, uh, an influx of good talent returning, but the main thing is they have Case Keenum back at the uh, wheel and uh, at the hub, and he'll be directing traffic this year. So, uh, with with that being said, uh, I'll. I basically picked uh, U of H because with, without him, we saw what they looked like. Uh, now with him back and in charge and having a year to basically grasp, look at it, look at the uh, uh, the book and the uh, offense and the plays and all from a coach's standpoint, from sitting on the sideline and doing film check. It will be interesting what that first game looks like, and. I will go on record to say today, yeah, it, it'll be all the way out there now. Uh, but uh, the UCLA game will be a 
a test, not just for U of H, but for this conference. And after that week, after that game, that was set where the ships in the night are passing. Or the one will be going north or want to be going south. Are you making a prediction right now, sir? Yep. I'm looking at the U of H to win, uh, win that game uh, here. Uh, on September 3rd, Saturday, September 3rd, 2.30 at Robertson. Yep. Game will be on TV. Now, I will hold you to your prediction because it's July. So, okay. well, we'll see because as a Cougar, I'm a proud U of H grad. Uh, and I love Case King coming back for 60, I believe, um, as quarterback. But I want to see U of H stop some folks. I don't want to see U of H lose the ball games 55-48. So I'm definitely looking curious to see how the U of H defense does against UCLA's offense. But you say the Cougars will beat the Bruins on September 3rd? I'm looking for that to happen. So we will see. Is there anything else you want to in closing as you, as you wind it down here? Um, by the way, uh, now, uh, you can find, you can check this out on the, uh, uh, my blog and my Twitter starting uh, this week. Uh, the next college season starts for everyone in August, and the next college sport is up online is soccer. And right after that is volleyball. And uh, since... That happens within, I'd say within a month from the day. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of teams are going on uh, exhibition, uh, like uh, well, all the local colleges, uh, Division Ones rather, U of H, Rice, HBU. HBU is a Division One. Yes, they're in the Great West Conference, but uh, all for now, and, hopefully, for now. Yeah, and I, and I see them making a change and all down the road. Also, uh, Texas Southern. You know, it'll be interesting how all this works out because all four of those teams are scheduled to play against each other whether in soccer or volleyball either an exhibition or just uh, uh, preseason and then first weekend in September we may or may not have pro football but we definitely will have what's that we'll have college football in September uh, for sure. What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's pretty much what everybody be watching. Yeah, without a doubt, if there's no NFL, college football will be king, despite all the words, which we won't get into. That's a whole whole other discussion about the uh, trials and tribulations of the uh, college football and third parties and the, and the like. <laughs> we won't get into the third parties because it's just too far out there right yeah, now. We're not going to get into it. We'll let NCAA and all the other people resolve those uh, discussions and decisions and ramifications and rules and things that have probably been bent if not broken and etc. But uh, do you want to conclude up there and ask anybody to check out your blogs or your tweets yeah. or anything like uh, that? You can check out my tweets um, at AKSB VCSR uh, blog AKSV V CSR the College Sports Reporter uh, you can check out the uh, next issue of 
a kingside view is due out online here within the week and you can see the new um, schedule check out the, the new front page advertising you can contact us all at the KAP Productions at uh, www.kingsizeview.com contact page advertising page is all right there it's one stop you can also register for uh, news uh, online and you can once you make the contact you can also ask for home delivery we do that also big thing big thing is a king size view too yes. oh by the way uh, might as well mention it uh, the KCOH will also host uh, have uh, host a couple of uh, Rice our home football games this season well, more than a couple well, let's say it, um, at, at least, what, four or five? At least four. And uh, you and I had a small part in in getting uh, Rice Styles football on KCOH 1430 AM. website for the station is kcohradio.com. And we, we are sure of at least four games. There may be more than that, but we are sure of at least four. Uh, once again, he is the Fifth World Wildcat. I am KG. My website is Houston Round Ball review.com I'm on Twitter Twitter uh, is at V T-H-E H-R review I've got a YouTube channel Houston Rumball on YouTube on Facebook as well Houston, Houston Rumball review uh, Facebook fan page hope you enjoyed the, uh, the third edition of the podcast we'll uh, continue do, doing them in the summer hope you like them uh, I think you'll be back probably to contact us either on Twitter or Facebook or even email and then to wrap it up in closing as is my customary wind up be true be cool and do more